0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast, covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world, for that matter. But we're a bit biased some weeks. I am your host, Brian, in case you you can find me on Twitter or X, as it is now known as, uh, and that is at K-C-S-G-E Follow me Follow the show Excuse me On Twitter Or X As you might refer to it as uh, At H-E-F Pond Facebook.com Slash H-E-F Pond For all the English language content In the There In one convenient location Hefpod.com is our website where you can track, where all the Eintracht fans like to hang out and watch their Eintracht on the, kind of the weekend basis, as is typical, uh, because kind of waiting on that uh, midweek European action to uh, kick in and uh, the midweek POCO action to kick in, and well, golly, that's, uh October, November time, so. Ah, Oh, yes. And hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. Matt does a great job running that. And uh, that is part of our panel. So from east to west. Well, and yeah, different pattern. It is Matt in New York who joins me today. Matt, you have been gone all summer. Please tell me you have done something other than bet on the ponies. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i mean i did bet on the ponies it wasn't successful brian but now i've just been beaching it the most of the time and kind of enjoying what we've been what the teams are posting on social media and what their uh results were in the preseason and uh, i'm glad we came out with a bang on the sun on
0: sunday yeah um so what about the golf game you've shown you uh you, you've you been hitting the links a few times, way more than me, but then again, that's what happens when you have a kid. Uh, have you fixed uh, the Slice?
1: Slice is fixed. We hit our first uh, sub-85 game uh, in July, uh, and then I followed up with a 94, so it was really good. But <laughs> that week I did definitely fix the Slice. Right. I'm ready for it, though. Put me on the Live Golf Tournament.
0: Alrighty, well, uh, Neil will say we will not be able to afford you at that point. Uh, though, after the merger, maybe I guess your contract will be talked down a tiny bit. Um, going further west is Chris, I don't know where in the state of Michigan.
2: <laughs> uh, so, new season, new season of Half Pod, and a new house for Chris. Uh, if you hold up your right hand like this, we'll do a little geography lesson. That's the state of Michigan. If you hold up your right hand, I'm smack dab in the middle. I'm in the only place in Michigan where you can go rock climbing. I, I, I'm not a rock climber, but I feel like I need to be now. I'm in a tiny town called Grand Ledge, but I'm still in Detroit, uh, still working there, still meeting up with the uh, Frankfurt fans in Detroit. So I won't be a stranger down there
0: good thing to hear that the EFC Detroit is rocking and rolling you and Garrett um Garrett still owes me a certain pack of uh, cherry verner black cherry Verners for his transgressions so you've been warned <laughs> sir and uh, as we go further west we go to the wine and cheese country or maybe we just leave it as cheese country <laughs> for Jason in Wisconsin Madison to be more precise how you doing bud
3: I'm all right. Yeah, so if you flip your hand the other way, <laughs> I'm in just about the same spot, South Central Wisconsin. So,
2: <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Us in the real mittens say, uh, we lift that middle finger on the <laughs> mitten and show you just what your mitten looks like. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, golly! Need to keep these. people They named on. the lake uh, after our state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, I need to get I, yeah, need to get this under control because some things were under control as Eintracht took on Lokomotive Leipzig in the Pokal, and some things weren't under control as Eintracht came out to a seven nil, yes, seven 0 victory in the day of the Pokal. This is the largest like gold tally that Eintracht has had since the eighteen nineteen season when Jovic went nuts for five and. It's been since the 76-77 Pokal campaign that the Eintracht scored seven or more goals in a single match. Uh, Needless to say, some of us (laughs) were not alive nor even Eintracht fans at that time, so it shows how long ago it was. I think Dino Totmula's father wasn't even a player at the time. This kind of shows how ancient that record was. Goals were scored in a brace by Bembe, uh, Kankan. We also had, uh, Ronda Kolo and Mamouche uh, each getting, uh, tally. And of course, some, uh, good assists, uh, from all around, including one player that Matt's gonna be slobbering uh, all over for. Gentlemen, I'm going to kind of see who wants to jump on this guy first, but I'll let Matt kind of uh, just drool away at first.
1: So we can all kind of agree that that first half was probably absolute, not not really bad soccer, but not the most beautiful soccer. And I think it was part reason because Lokomotive Leipzig actually played on a lot of emotions. And so I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more Aggressiveness coming out of the first half. I mean, we were dominating, obviously. I mean, shots were coming in left and right. The keeper was standing on his head. But then when, I mean, Colomwani should have, that shot he took wasn't, his goal wasn't on target. You know, the goalkeeper kind of <laughs> guided that goal into his net. Let's, you know, let's not take that away from the goalkeeper's mistake. And I mean, I think, I think anything, I really wanted to see how we responded to the second half and how we did that was. Honestly, incredible. And, it, and I mean, it's got to start off with the substitutions, right? And I think the biggest mm-hmm. substitute out of all of them was, you know, Jens Peter Um, on a side note, I definitely want to talk about Colomani being subbed out like quite early on, which I'll definitely get into in a minute, but I got, I got some stats to share with you guys, uh, regarding Jens Peter So he got subbed in in the 65th minute. Within one minute of going in, he did, he assisted Marmusha's goal. Ten minutes later, he obviously took the shot, which followed with Mbimbe's goal. He then assisted N'Gamen twice um, on both of his goals, so that is three assists, a shot that led up to a goal within a 25 minute span. And if that doesn't show improvement, yes, we played a shit Lokomotiv Leipzig game, a uh, Leipzig team, but that definitely kind of shows improvement that you know this kid can actually play within um, the first. The first team and which kind of shows a loan move over to him to send over to Gank, was kind of a good move. So, I mean, once he kind of came into the game, I mean, it was kind of lights out, you know. I'm just trying to quickly look at the stats here. I mean, what they came in the sixty fifth minute and then it ended up being, you know, the three nothing goal, four nothing goal with him Bimpe, and then Jessica with the five and six nothing, and then I don't think, you know, Nan Spit have anything to do with the seventh goal, but Either way, man, this guy's a stud. This guy know this. This guy shown improvement, and I, I couldn't be more happy with him. I hope he. I hope we don't, you know, ship him off somewhere like we did last year.
0: Alrighty, Chris, you seem the, mo- the most eager to jump up for this one. Uh, this being the first match you've actually been able to watch, because uh, of some of the test matches being at bad times. What did you make of all this mess before we get into the pro the topic that I think you know, that surrounds this match that's probably gonna get our goat a little bit more?
2: well, I do think Matt should see a physician because that was a four hour rant where you know it just was up the whole time but <laughs> okay, here's the deal like like j p h was fantastic, and the game shifted on his entrance to the match, but let's not act like he was doing this against Bayern or Leipzig or uh, uh, the other Leipzig. Yes, he played very well and he changed the game uh, from the point he came on. But also, look at the opponent. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, and it's certainly progress for him. I think it solidifies his spot uh, with this team. Uh, I think the time in Belgium was good for him. Reminds me a lot of Daichi Kamada going over to Belgium and coming back. A stronger player contributing, uh, on a weekly basis. But at the same time, I'm not going to take one strong match and put too much into it. We need to see what happens in league play next week before we really commit to him being a regular part of the rotation. Now it's good. It had a big impact. Um, but certainly other guys stepped up too. Uh, Marmouche coming in, uh, for RKM. I, we had a, a good chat in our discord during the first half about RKM looking very lethargic, didn't look very interested in being in there. Um, I didn't like his lack of emotion after the goal. I know, you know, it, it, it's just a Re- regional liga team to him, but that's a cup match. That's why you come and play for Frankfurt. I wanted to see a little more emotion out of him. Um, but, you know, they they got it together. Uh, the... It was critical for me that guys we know, like RKM and Goza, did the work early, and then the new names um, kind of took over, had an impact, especially up front. They were pushing hard, and uh, the second half certainly better than the first. I think there's a lot to build on going into league play.
0: I totally agree. Anything that you want to add, man from Cheese Country? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get
0: tired of just saying that. This was fun. <laughs> so if you don't like it.
3: Uh, eventually yep.
0: I'll just I'll break you down.
3: No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of echoing the, the you know Chris and Matt. It, it definitely took some time for us to pose any sort of offensive threat. But then once the once the gates opened up, um, you know, and I totally get what Chris was saying is that you know we're, we're playing, you know, basically a, a fourth tier team. Um, but at the same time, I thought it was really nice the hookup play between you know Yanspita Haga, Marmouche, and Gankam. Um, you know Hauge's vision of you know some of those passes to to set up those goals, um, I thought was really good to see. Um, what did, I'm curious to hear what you guys thought about the defense, our back three. To me, it seemed a bit shaky at times. Um, I'm hoping that we don't make a habit of starting Hasebe throughout the season. You know, if you, I don't know if you took a look at like the roster, but Schmaltisch wasn't even on the bench. You know, so is out. You know, so now we're we're left with Smolchic. Um and of course Tuta, who didn't start. But um, I feel like we still need a center back before the transfer window closes.
1: So, like that's what I thought too, because I thought I saw some tweets. Am I say some tweets? Probably one or two tweets that Smolcic was in Dino's kind of like idea plan to kind of play in the center back. And you know, maybe Smolcic is not fit yet. You know, maybe he's you know he still has to go through. Uh, you know, some like conditioning and stuff like that and be match fit ready. Um, but apparently he's supposed to be in the starting lineup. And, I'm, I'm, and I was shook that he wasn't on the bench as well. I agree with you. I was also a little shocked that Tuta wasn't in the lineup either, but maybe Dino seeing something that maybe we've been seeing for quite some time now. And maybe Tuta isn't really the guy that we've been hoping for Uh, where he was, you know, during the Europa League winning season. So, it's, I mean, th- but that's also our big, biggest issue, right? And I feel like we, we're like a, a broken record player here. Our defense just sometimes sucks. <laughs> we may look good, but it's also the three the, the back sort of system, you know? I mean, we're going to get a lot of goals scored on, but we're still a very offensive minded team, you know?
0: We are, and I think the re- end results were something that we can possibly anticipate once we kind of have fine tuned ourselves a bit more. But I'd like to think that more excitingly is, uh, Shakiri, Shik- uh, his performance in the midfield. I was really waiting to see how he would perform. I mean, Broda was coming in off the bench, so uh, read into that as you will. But I like, I like the minutes that he was, uh, giving in. And if you, yeah, if you look at the way that the Koch and Pacho kind of uh, just ran into each other couldn't figure <laughs> out who was supposed to do what that was a little bit you know middle school elementary school uh, you know fooling around that you you would have thought that this was a test match the way that uh, that went down and when come you know saved it you I I felt like the looks that those two got was oh our bad oh this could like it was a kind of realization that oh wait had that gone in we would have been suddenly everyone would have been shitting it unlike in a test match which we had seen like just you know apoplectic defending against regional liga and even below uh teams in previous matches um anyone have a uh, player who they think did not uh, get enough plaudits that they would like to highlight. And You can't take I think, one.
2: <laughs> well, I, I'm going to slightly. Um, I think Scurry. How do you say it? Scurry, Scree? Scurry, um, Skiri? Shakiri.
0: Shakiri. Uh, I, I look. I think, and I'll get I'll get someone with Tunisian background to uh, properly tell me how to correctly pronounce his name yes so my apologies. <laughs> my apologies
2: um but i think one of our biggest question marks was how are we going to replace physicality of jabril so in the middle mm. and he did a lot to calm my nerves there um knowing that junior Abimbe is more offensive minded uh, kind of the push it forward guy i'm you know hoping that they have a good communicative relationship where they can you figure it out on the fly because the last thing we need to do is get caught up in in transition play coming back at us and odd man rushes so you know it, there's certainly like you said going to be goals scored against us it's going to take time to work things out but I feel better about the midfield than I did going into the weekend um, I agree about the concern about the back line I still think a transfer is waiting to be made um, I know we're going to talk about it in a bit and why we're waiting and How much money we have to spend is based on factors that are well beyond this match.
1: I was hoping Robin Koch would have been more, I guess, assertive. I don't know why. Maybe just because it was the first, like, real game for him. But, like, you know, he's been playing all the friendlies uh, uh, down in Austria and whatnot. But I was hoping Robin Koch was going to be a little bit more assertive, a little bit more commanding in the back line, you know. Um, I just, I just... Feel like I didn't get that from it. I, I didn't feel like he didn't really command like Rode or, uh, or sorry, Shkiri or Dita and Bembe to, you know, essentially move the ball around and whatnot, you know? Um, I was, I was kind of surprised by Pacho. I, I feel like he seemed like a very confident sort of like, um, left center back, someone who could definitely help support Philip Max out there. Um, and I think Philip Max is going to be is going to be great with us. You know, going be playing a full season for us. I mean, I'm really high on left-footed left backs. You know, obviously because of you know Costage's success, um, and then Christopher Lens is here and there's sparkles. Um, but yeah, I was really hoping if Koch was going to be a little more assertive in this game.
3: Do you think? I, I wonder if that was because Hissebe was out there, and Hissebe was taking on more of that leadership role.
1: Yeah, but I just feel like it's—I I don't know—I just feel like, especially if you're coming from a Premier League, going into the Bundesliga, and you're on loan for a year, um, I feel like someone who's been who's that type kind of top town would be a little bit more assertive, regardless who else is on the field. Um, I don't know. That just could be my uh, D three brain being played here.
2: <laughs> but we're also not. At the point in the year where we say, oh, someone's got to step up. I mean, this was for all intent and purposes, a, you know, test match with something actually on the line. And I think that's why we're so worried early on when they played so poorly the first half of the first half. Like, is this really what we're going to see all year? And then you calm down and, you know, think from a rational perspective. I think Dino knew the talent was there to come through on this one. The history wasn't there to back up first-time first, first on-track coaches in their first Pokal match, but um, he knew that it was safe to play around a little bit, experiment a little bit, and ultimately I think we have more answers than questions coming out, and that's a good start to the season.
1: And especially the way they came out, like, the second half, and the, it, it showed that Dino kind of can get to the players after, you know, it, it not not up to par half, we'll say. You know, and so that that's gonna be kind of critical because we always kind of come flat uh, flat out in the second half in most games. You know, yes, we've had some great opportunities between like the 45th and the 50th minute where we had a good run where we literally scored out of the gate sometimes with Glasner and even with uh, the name we sh- we shall not speak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I took away from this game is essentially the way we came out in the second half and obviously JPH kind of being the commanding midfielder that we were hoping to see last year and it's coming to fruition this year?
0: Well, uh, I think I will counter with only one point that uh, there, Matt, that uh, I think Koch uh, is as good as Eintracht's uh, for the long term because the way that Leeds United are performing right now, they'll just take whatever they money and sell him to us for like 1 million euros. They'll be that desperate because they're not getting promoted back to the Premier League. <laughs> hey, that's
1: <laughs> the, that's a the lovely thing plan, about it. Is it not?
0: Yeah, take it. Yeah, take advantage of the, of the teams that overspend when you can. That's why there's been a huge American exodus over there. Should be complete, but <clears throat> I think it's time that we kind of hit on the item of the Pokal match that really got everyone going. So there were. Fireworks set off at the stadium. Uh, There were fireworks set off at the Eintracht Team Hotel the morning of. Honestly, the Locomotive fans have got a pyromania that is, that borderlines on the obscene as their president condemned the the various incidents as why would you throw fireworks at our own fans and wheelchairs, ball boys. Uh, from our own youth team and the visiting fans so they seem to be pretty pit- peeved off considering the fact that there was such a high like such a focus because they have Eintracht Frankfurt and not you know like uh, uh, V-Spot and coming to visit for example um, it was you know a Bundesliga club coming to Lokomotive Leipzig you know who had won the uh, I guess that, that Saxony, I'm guessing Pokal, That uh, the, I think that's the region that <laughs> that they come from. Someone can correct me if they want to uh, later. But you know, for those those guys know better. Like they understand that that's not acceptable. But for what a uh, whatever kind of warped mind that those guys have been. Uh, going through, you know, whether you're 10 or 70, you know, this is, it's not appropriate to do that. And good lord, is your own fans who are in the handicap section that you're doing that in, like, how stupid do you have to be? I mean, uh, I, as someone who has a sibling who has a disability, I cannot. Say any more than people like that should be gelded or put down, but I do realize that I'm probably in the minority on that. I'll leave you three to kind of dictate how you guys feel about this at your will, whilst I stew in my own uh, anger.
2: You know, I'll say that we we have a culture problem occasionally too. Um, it it made me proud to see uh, the on track fans on the right side of this one, because certainly we've had issues in the past with violence projectiles and other things. Um, but now this is the second year in a row after what happened in France last year uh, with the Frankfurt fans being attacked um, at uh, Marseille. I believe that, you know, this is something that's serious. We see injuries and death, among uh, supporters all the time around the world. And it's something that governing bodies, I know they take it serious in word, uh, but actually needs to be taken. And this is something where locomotive Leipzig, uh, they, you know, they need money. They need to travel to big stadiums and get paydays. And this isn't going to help their cause. So um, I am sympathetic towards those supporters, especially those in the wheelchairs that uh, were unfortunately in the line of fire. And I hope that you know, amends are being made to them. Um, It's unfortunate that this was a way to start the year. I'm glad they were able to finish the match, but I am proud of the Frankfurt supporters for just sitting on their hands and not engaging because I know that's what we were all thinking, uh, that our past isn't squeaky clean either. So I think our our supporters handled it well and theirs didn't.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think Chris kind of put the nail in the coffin there. I mean – There's just no excuse for any sort of fan group or ultra group to, A cause some sort of disturbance that stops the game and b also kind of cause harm to other spectators out there you know every pay everybody's paying some sort of money whether it's a lot or a little money to go watch uh you know a 90 minute soccer game where they get some joy and feel emotion you know feel emotions of excitement and disappointment um but they should never have the never have the you know the feeling of fear at a soccer game you know and that's what, you know, the Locomotive Leipzig fans have done. That's what we have, our fans have done to us. And that's what other, other, other fan groups do as well, you know? And it's just, it's just do no talk. I just don't believe there should be any tolerance for that. I mean, it's kind of disgusting behavior. Yeah, I get it. You want to celebrate the team with like fireworks and all that kind of stuff. But if it disturbs the game and you know it disturbs the game, like what the fuck are you doing, you know? So, I mean, I, 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 you know, my heart goes out to all, all those, you know, the people in the wheelchair section that were affected by that. And it's, it's it's just absolutely disgusting. And, you know, I, I wish, you know, soccer, like ultra culture could kind of change on that. And I mean, you know, we know how, how long it takes for this world to change in one bit, but, you know, little by little, the more we speak out about it, the more we, you know, condemn these sort of actions of violence, you know. You know, maybe we could do a change, even though of us just being, you know, the small kind of podcast we are, the more we kind of talk about it, the more we condemn it. Maybe we can, you know, stop these random acts of disturbances, which could, you know, which lead to fear, which is not which is not why this is called The Beautiful Game.
3: Anything you would like to add, Jason? No, I mean, I think all of you hit it, you know, perfectly. It just there's no place for it.
0: All right, so let's move from the subject that kind of all sobered us the hell up, even if you were uh, four sheets to the wind. Let's talk about uh, some action off the pitch. player movement. So one of the goal scorers, the man who scored the first goal, though let's be real, that was hardly too much of a, a goal scoring opportunity. It's all down to the uh, keeper in that one. Randall Kodomoanyi is... Heavily looking like he's he changed his uh representation, they now want him out. They've now told him, No, dude, this is the time they need to leave because you know, sands are shifting, strikers like you are going to be at a premium. I'd prefer us to hold on to him for one more season because then you're going to have France. They're going to call look, France is going to qualify for the Euros and they're going to show up there and probably win the whole thing uh and Displacing the Germans, even kicking the Germans even further down the European international totem pole, and Ronald Koemani is probably going to score like four, maybe six goals in the tournament, and we'll be able to sell them for like 150 million. And right now, his representation is like, "Hey, look, we know the big the big teams are interested. It's time to strike now before you get too expensive that the big guys." will be whittled down to just one or two teams or maybe even not even that. What do you guys think of this exit? Is it needed to be done now? I think that this is something that if it doesn't get resolved soon, can destable, uh, destabilize the team, that this lovely start to uh, our 23-24 season with the Pokal one can just, you know, turn on dime and then we're having to bring in, a couple of players who apparently we have lined up is just kind of waiting on if this move happens or not and then you have so much more uncertainty that comes along. Matt, I know you love your transfer drama more than anyone else on this pod. Uh I'll let you uh I'll let you go first so you don't have to stew too much longer.
1: I don't think RKM is going anywhere. And here's why. P- the, the strong teams I've been connected to him are PSG, Real Madrid, and Man U has been making some noise here and then obviously Bayern as well. Bayern is out of the running because they just got this guy named Harry Kane who's a complete bum, alright? PSG, <laughs> they're having troubles with Mbappe and right now it's looking like that they're going to keep Mbappe. They, it looks like they've sold Neymar so they've made some kind of money from that. Um, actually, I don't think they sold Neymar, I think they had to kind of relinquishes contract and now this Al Hilal team's just gonna pay for pay for salaries. Either way, I don't think PSG is in the market to get Kolomani because their finances aren't great. Unless they get a deal with Mbappe, so here's the situation. If they get a deal with Mbappe, Kolomani goes nowhere. If they can't make a deal with Mbappe, Kolomani goes over there. So there's that. And so if Kolomani or if Mbappe doesn't go over to Real Madrid, that's when Real Madrid may start making an inquiry about RKM, but the transfer window will be closed by that time, and then we have to deal with this drama in January, and that's when Real Madrid will purchase Colomb So mm. that's my take on that. All Do right. I want to go? No, because awesome. we, <laughs> we have a good backup. Uh, well.
0: Uh Jason, you kind of looked the most shocked of all of us on video last. <laughs> as that <laughs> was dropping, so I'll let you have first Chris, Chris crack, excuse me. Um
3: yeah, I'm the thing that I guess I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, like if he has another great year, then yeah, he's gone. Um but if he has, you know, it's it's one of those where do we sell him now while his value is still up there or Do we see how he does throughout the year and gamble that, you know, maybe he has an off year um, and his value goes down. So um, I would prefer him to stay, but if, you know, selling him could be the way where we get a couple of uh, other players to fill in some of the holes that we have, like at center back. So, but ultimately I would prefer him to stay.
0: Chris. Where you where are you leaning on this? This is where I wish we
2: had Nathan right now because he's (laughs) well versed in the finances of these things and the finances of the club. Um, You know, we say
0: something stinks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We, um, you know, the the rebound from COVID was easier because of our appearance in Champions League, and I, I feel like the finances are in a better position than anyone could have hoped for. When 2020 rolled around, uh, things kind of worked in our favor. I don't think there's an urgent need to sell him. Um, but I hope somebody in the back room at the front office is has everything lined up. Because if somebody does purchase him in this window, it's going to be a last minute purchase that's done at a good value for us because it's going to be a desperation move. Uh, if somebody was going to pay a market rate, they would have done it now. Um, the later it gets, somebody's going to panic purchase. Maybe there'll be a surprise move from another club that comes into play. Um, but I think that's part of why we saw other combinations up front. We saw the early exit from RKM this weekend is to evaluate what we do have, uh, if they sell him. So if they sell him, uh, I I don't know if he's going to go, I can't make the prediction. If they do, I want it to be for the appropriate sum of money. I don't just want to say any money is good enough. Um, We've certainly shown him that, that he's our guy. Uh, I hope he sticks around, but I don't want us to panic sell just because we see a lot of money there. This guy has been stable now for a full season. Uh, He led us in scoring and he led us in every important category last year. So I have no doubt he can equal last year's performance and maintain his value, if not increase it this year. So I'm on the mat train. Let's keep him. Um, but if we're going to sell him, let's not just sell for the sake of making a few bucks.
0: Fair enough. All right. That's the perfect spot to put in our favorite segment of the podcast. That is hashtag what are we drinking? And uh, Chris, you always love this segment more than any segment of the podcast. What have you got for us?
2: It's actually the only segment where I'm an expert. Uh, I just kind of bullshit my way through football. But <laughs> so a uh, uh, new season, new house, new whiskey, uh, limited edition from Traverse city whiskey company. And here in Michigan is uh whiskey in, uh, it's a bourbon whiskey infused with Michigan peaches. And it is nice and sweet uh, 70 proof. So it's not knocking me on my ass on a Monday night, but a nice, smooth way to start the new season.
3: All right. Uh, Jason, what you got? Uh, tonight, nothing. But this past weekend, I had a lovely Vestmala triple. It's a great Belgian triple. <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: There you go. All right. We go. Yeah. Some people will say, why are you letting Matt go last? Well, he has a chance to redeem himself after some, uh, some funny uh, submissions for hashtag, what are we drinking? Matt, what do you got?
1: I am drinking an hazy IPA, which I do not remember the name from, but I'm drinking from our local brewery called Alewife Brewing out here. They always they always do it good. I mean, yeah, they just rock. Shout out to Alewife.
0: All right, uh, I'm the only one uh, who has a submission to hashtag What Are We Drinking that is a non-alcohol variety. Those in uh, the Great Lakes region will know this, so this is the Fago. Are you drinking sure breast milk again? <laughs> Fago, Firework. The uh, Chris has been busting my chops for me to try it. Now the one he keeps on talking about, I can't find. Maybe because it's, cause it's that good and is yeah, can't find that. But the Firework tastes like a bomb pop, which uh reminds me back to my lovely. I was in the summer, as a kid, that was my favorite popsicle to have, and that was a pretty uh, good take on it. And uh, yeah, my uh, non-alcohol submission for the month, because I only will do it like once in a bl- once in a while, we'll I have a non-alcohol submission. What are we drinking? So, to that, I say Prost, and uh, we'll be back with segment two, so stay with. And here we are, segment two of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. All right, guys. The Bundesliga is ready to go. The Zweite Liga has got a couple weeks in. Dritte Liga has got a couple weeks in. Reginald Liga has got a couple weeks in. No Reginald Liga this past weekend um, due to uh, Eintracht's opposition. uh, uh, Hamburg defeating Darmstadt in the day of bay cow, So the team von Zorland is up-beating Darmstadt uh, ahead of Eintracht playing Darmstadt. So, who are the teams who are up this season? Uh, you might have heard me mention them. Darmstadt is up. Very happy to have them here so that we can kick the crap out of them for the rest of the season, including match day one. Heidenheim has also earned their first time up to the Bundesliga. So good on them for finally cracking that egg and now they can eat their almond. Um, Stuttgart stayed up by the playoffs, not surprised there. And then you get your usual suspects. I'm thinking that now that we have the opportunity to make predictions, I think Bayern's not going to win the title. And I'm scared to say who's going to win it, guys our least here at club. No. no. The way they performed in that competition. No. I'm just. Are you sure that's an alcoholic? <laughs> the way they came out and just butchered Byron in the Super Cup. I'm looking at Leipzig and I thought that they would absolutely, after being pillaged, I thought that they would shit their brains to Byron and I thought that they would just get, I thought that they would just look woeful, and here we are, and they're the ones who are looking good, and everyone else is just kind of taking note of, huh, okay, crap, we thought you were going to have a down year, you know, finish outside of the Champions League. Now I'm looking at them and I'm like, Jesus Christ, do they know something that we don't? Are they going to be like Napoli who sells off two-thirds of their team promotes all the guys who are already on the staff to the starting roles, and they suddenly win the first title since Diego Maradona, I don't know. I'm just going to roll out there with something stupid because I keep on saying that Bayern won't win every season. So I figured if I throw out the what to you guys would be the most ridiculous pick for winning the title, Leipzig, I think uh we'll have a fun watch of the season. And, uh Yeah. The usual culprits, sadly, will make up the top four. And, uh, yeah, I think Leverkusen is going to be top four. Kind of big on them as well because they've done some good recruitment and have under Alonso. Golly, uh, what Gladbach could have been if they had hired him. But, you know what? (laughs) Uh, Too bad. So sad. And then, of course, Dortmund and Bayern will be making up the top four, I think. That uh, that will place Eintracht somewhere in the. I'm not going to say anything higher than sixth, and I'm thinking that we could finish as low as tenth. Okay, I mean,
1: the uh, I understand your Leipzig pick, just because they are hot. I mean, they, they were, they didn't, I don't think they lost like the last eight games of the season when they were making their push for the title. Um, Dortmund kind of lost Dahoud and a couple other plays as well, which he kind of, you know, hurt them as well. But they, they, they you know, they surpassed their DFB-Pokal test by winning 6-1 or something like that to mine's Um But I, I, I think, I don't think Bayern's going to win the Bundesliga either. I'm going to say that. I'm going to agree with you on that as well. I, I just, I don't think it's going to be a Leipzig. I think Dortmund's going to win the whole league. I think there's a little bit more of a fire in their ass. I think, I think Royce is also kind of playing that mindset. It's like, all right, like I don't really need to be the best player in the world right now. I actually just want to win something with this club. You know, so this club has been so good to me, so dear to me all these years throughout all my injuries and everything like that. So I think Dortmund kind of is going to have this like, you know, let's let's help this like halt this future like, you know, legend, you know, get his actual Bundesliga title. Um, now the flip side of things, so I think is gonna go down. I don't think Heinheim or Darmstadt are gonna survive at all. Um I think I think, you know, congratulations, you guys did it, but thanks for coming by, you know? Um and I don't and I really think this may be Bochum's last Bundesliga year as well, you know. Um, you know, they were definitely fighting Clog through the last few game, last few, last few match days of the season to kind of you know stay up, float in the first Bundesliga. But they haven't really made any any additions. I'm pretty sure they lost like two or three other key key players in their starting lineup. So I I don't think that I don't think they're gonna make it through either, especially through a playoff game. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. I don't and in terms of where we are gonna be. I think we're going to be a top six team, you know. Um, I I really think Freiburg may drop down. I don't think Union Berlin are going to do too much, even though they've had some crazy signings this summer. Um, but I, I I just don't think they're going to have that same consistency as they had last year and the year before, especially since they're going to be playing Champions League football. You know, they're going to be playing way too many games. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I'm with you with Leverkusen. I think they can do something, but we're a top-six team. I definitely see that. In terms of lowest that we go, I can see us going maybe seventh and eighth. Um, I don't see us dropping in the ninth or tenth spot at all, but definitely a strong top-six team is what we should be.
0: All right. Jason?
3: Uh, As far as our position goes, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. I think somewhere between sixth and ninth. Yeah. I think Freiburg is definitely I, – I, it'll be interesting to see how they do because Christian Gunther is out for a while um, with a broken arm. I don't know if you saw that over the summer. So um, Leverkusen, I think, you know, Shaka and uh, Jonas Hoffman coming over, two big signings for them. Um, Hoffman had a great season last season with Mönchengladbach. Despite their ups and downs, he still performed for them. Um, so that, that should be good. I think what's interesting is how Dortmund will fill the hole of Bellingham leaving. Um, you know, they brought in, um, Marzal Sabitzer and, uh, they've got, uh, Ben Sabaini coming in from Glabach. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how well they perform, um, without Bellingham there. Um, I would be surprised though, if Bayern didn't win it. Again, because when you look at their transfers, talk about a big transfer season. <laughs> they brought in, you know, the, the money definitely spoke there. They were able to attract a lot of those big names. Rafael Guerrero, Kane, Kim, Leimer. So, um, Leipzig, of course, lost some big names with Shoboslai, Gvardiol, and Nkunku. Um But, you know, they did play pretty well this past weekend. Um, so... I think Darmstadt won't make it. Um, their top scorer that they had last season, uh, who had 12 goals, Philipp Tietz, um, actually doesn't play for them anymore. He plays for Augsburg now. So I don't know I don't know who's going to be scoring their goals. Um, that said, they did allow the fewest goals in the Zweit Liga, 33. Um, but I think they're going to go down. I think Heidenheim is also – I mean, it's it, – it's good experience for them, but I think they're going to go down also. So.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's it's the uh, the Simpsons meme where um, uh, there's going to be terrible podcasting here, but when the when uh, Mr. Simpson walks in <laughs> into the house, grabs, turns around, grabs his hat, walks back out. That's going to be Heidenheim right there.
2: <laughs> Great podcasting. I don't know what you're saying,
0: Chris. <laughs> your predictions.
2: It's It's for the Gen Xers and the Millennials. I'm sorry, Chris. (laughs) Uh, So here's the deal. Uh, Every year I seem to say this isn't Byron's year, and they pull something out and make it work. Um, You know, certainly I wouldn't bet against them uh, with Harry Kane because the guy's a producer. He's done it his whole career. Um, He's a target man, and he delivers when he gets hit. So... It's Byron's to lose again, um, but if there's anyone that's going to beat them, this is a team I'm going to ride on. It's Leverkusen. Um, they've made improvements. Uh, they've been quietly, you know, hovering near the top where they should be. They're a club with money, and they're generally in Europe year after year. Uh, last year, you didn't hear a lot about them, but they were up there towards the end of the year. So uh, Leverkusen is my sleeper, and I'll take them just because I can't pick Byron again. Um, Dortmund, uh, I like him. Uh, I think having a Hilaire healthy, uh, he doesn't have to be the guy right now, but certainly a full year of production from him will help alleviate those woes that they had early last year where they just couldn't put anything together, uh, especially the middle part of the year too. Um, as far as where we're going to end up, I think we have a ceiling of five, um, I'm praying for four, like the rest of us. I think our ceiling is five and our basement is nine. Uh, realistically, six or seven uh, is probably where we'll end up. We're a European team. Uh, we've made enough changes. And, and if RKM sticks around, we're certainly pushing that four or five slot. Um, as far as who's going down, uh, uh, Augsburg's flirted with that year after year now. Uh This is their year. They're going down. They're not improving. Uh, It's their time. Um, Darmstadt, Volkham, not going to score a lot of goals. It's going to be the same thing over and over. Uh, Heidenheim, maybe they'll fight. You know, there's something about the fight to get here and what it takes year after year trying to fight to get in. They might be able to save their skin. Um, But if they do, it's going to come down to those four. um, Volkham, Darmstadt, Heidenheim, and uh, who was the other one I missed? Oh, Augsburg.
0: Yeah, I think because um, I it, it kind of glossed over who's going to get relegated. Uh, Darmstadt, Heidenheim, I think I kind of walked in. Uh, you're going to have, again, some of the same old, same old, with Augsburg and Bochum, like, flirting with relegation all season long, and then they'll likely pull it out, or they'll be – sunk somewhere between sixteenth and seventeenth. Um you know what a team who I boys. think... we're forgetting about Offenheim
1: um, too. Remember they were they were like Yes, but
0: collapsing. then they got but then they finally turned it around and I think they'll be okay. Like they're not gonna be like too crazy far away. They're gonna be in that mid-table void of teams that you're not any you're not really going to have to worry too much about relegation but you got no shot whatsoever of doing anything spectacular. I'm looking at of uh, the teams to be a shocker to go down, like to have to really worry about it. I don't think Stuttgart is at the races. I think they're going to put themselves through another season of woe and I think Gladbach They've gotten – they don't have a lot. They've lost a lot of, of players. And I'm looking at them, and I'm just like, there is just something not right. They keep on – like, how many coach, different coaches have they had in the last three, four seasons? I think mean, they've had a different one each and every time. They have Rosa, and then they have Parker, and now they have Sayawani. And, like, either Sayawani will get it right – and we'll all look like a fool, or it will go totally tits up, like it did at Leverkusen, where they were, like, I think barely above bottom when uh, when the change happened, and then Leverkusen ended up being a team that, you know, finished in European places and the semifinals of the europa Pokal
1: For some reason, what you're saying about Gladbach is what I'm seeing with Köln. I don't know why. Oh, I, yeah.
0: I, I, Cone, I, I, I was going to say Cone is another one, but that's because they got um, – exclusively because they got money issues and they have no one to bring in. I think that they'll see it through because they believe in that coach. But if it was anyone else, Cone would be my like big team to be like, oh, they're absolutely screwed. I think they'll be fine-ish, but it's going to be kind of a nervy team that – You know, we're never too far away from it that we can just forget about it, sort of position. It uh, Gladbach just—I mean, okay, so you got Julian Vegel. No one else I'm looking at uh, is even, you know, worth you know batting an eyelid at, and a coaching change as well. Of, I think Gladbach is in for a rough go of it, real rough go of it, but. As we're making our own predictions for everything else, before we make our predictions for the Hessian Derby that is up, the Bundesliga opener, Chris, I believe you have something to tell us about a Bo- uh, Bundesliga predictions league.
2: Yeah, so we got a couple different things we're working on this year. Um, of course, through our Discord chat, which you don't have to be in the Discord. We're certainly open to having anybody there who wants to talk about Eintracht. Uh, The link is on our socials, but uh, we're running a prediction league as we have the last few years. Uh, Predict the entire Bundesliga week by week, earn points, and at the end earn prizes. Uh, We'll put that out on the social media pages. We're also going to do a game this year where we pick against the hosts. Uh, We've got some new merch coming in, so we'll give some items out for there. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to run a table each week uh, where our hosts... And our panelists that aren't on air right now, we're going to make our predictions and we'll share those publicly before the matches are played. Uh, and then you send in your picks through social media channels and whichever pick help me out with this one Matt. whichever pick is the most popular amongst the listeners will be the one that goes up against us. Is that right?
1: Correct. So.
2: So if 2-1 is the prevailing pick. pick from listeners, then that's the one that will be logged uh, for listeners in our table,
1: right? Correct. So, like, you'll have your own pick. I'll have my own pick. Brian will have his own pick. Chase will have his own pick. And then you, the listeners, if the majority, whichever prediction is commented the most, that will be the one that will be uh, added to the tally against everybody else, essentially.
2: Yeah. And we're going to keep a live table on halfpod.com, Uh the new page for this. will launch uh, this week before the match starts. We'll have the predictions up there. Matt will keep a running tally on the Instagram and we'll keep it on Twitter as well. So everyone can keep up to date. And uh, we did a predictor game last week, got some, or sorry, last season, got some hats out, uh, some stickers and such. We'll do that again. I got to figure out exactly how that's going to work and who's going to supply the shirts this year. Um, but We'll get that game announced soon and uh, make sure we get some fun stuff out there because it's all about interaction, right, Brian?
0: Exactly. All right. So Speaking of interaction, we mentioned the derby being back. It's time for our predictions of Eintracht versus Darmstadt. Granted, we have making this with the knowledge of what happened to Darmstadt in their own Pokal match against Homburg. Three-nil defeat to the uh, Saarland uh, club, and, uh, yeah, a club who lost two of its real start- key players, um, Patrick Pfeiffer uh, to Augsburg, and also Philip Teens, while well, the major goal scorers <laughs> do Augsburg. This Darnstadt team is real in They just got plucked of, you know, their best pieces right before, uh, they entered the Bundesliga. So I'm looking at them and saying, hey, you know what? That team we played against Leipzig, we rolled that out against Darmstadt. We're walking away with a comfy, comfy 3-1 derby one.
2: I agree. Uh, I think
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Darmstadt is uh, their bottom of the barrel. I mean, they're their entire transfer market value is under $30 million. Um, they just, it plummeted you know, when con- they sold congratulations. The congratulations. You made it to the show. Thanks for coming. Um, be careful closing the door on the way out. Uh, 3-1, not a lot of drama. I like what we saw over this past weekend. Uh, I hope they experiment a little more because I think this is still a safe match to do that. Three one. Um it's a it's a rivalry matchup, but it doesn't hold a lot of weight right now, especially the first week of the year. I will be careful because that Pocom opener a few years ago still stings and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think we're comfortable at three one.
3: All right, Jason. I'm going with two 0 Ooh, we're starting out we're <laughs> starting out me. We're starting it out.
1: <laughs> I'm with you, Jason. I, I I after after all of our talk about the defensive worries, I was gonna, you know, soften up my pick a little bit, but I'm gonna go three nothing, big boys. I mean, we're gonna get three goals in, Koala Mani's gonna get two if he's still on the team. We're gonna, you know, get a clean sheet for KT's, you know, uh first game of the season. So yeah, man, three nothing for the for the Atla.
0: All right, I'm taking it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this season preview podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for being a part of this. Chris, Jason, Matt, and you, the listener. Nathan, the producer, uh working the strings behind the scenes. Love the optimism that we are got, at least for this first match. We'll see about the remaining 32 matches because we're going to win both uh, the Derby, home and away, or at least take minimum four points. Just saying, you know, decent return. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, ways you can get in contact with members of the podcast. Chris, how can we find you in social media?
2: I am on Twitter. What are we calling it? X. Can we just? No, Forego all that nonsense. Twitter I'm
1: calling
2: Twitter, Twitter X. no matter what. There you go, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter X. At the moment, I'm still on Twitter. We'll see what happens. At C and the D three one three. Also, Peloton Instagram Discord at C and the D three one three and
0: Halfpod.com. All right, Jason, where are you on Twitter X
3: or you know any of them? Uh, I'm I'm still calling it Twitter. Uh, I'm just on there at Jason L Canole.
0: Uh, Matt, where can we find you uh, when you're not, you know, slumming it around in Saratoga? Oh, you know, you can find me at <laughs>
1: Matt SGE underscore New York. And if you want to really follow my pony picks, I may put some pony picks in there too for you. They're not winners, so just bet the opposite.
3: Yeah,
0: there's only look. There's only one guy. Well, there's there's two hockey guys who I kind of pay attention to that really know how to pick the ponies. I think Chris already knows who I'm talking about. I can, yeah, he's not as right there in agreement. Uh, now my, uh, Eddie knows how to do it. Uh, but really Eric Johnson, former Colorado Avalanche alternate captain, He's got some ponies that are currently up in Saratoga, and I think he's wins himself some money he's got plenty to spend especially since he's gonna like lead the Buffalo Sabres to the playoffs and everyone's gonna be just you know giving him endorsement deals left right and center uh okay, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Some people are like, Oh dear God. I can't believe Brian's still talking in there right at the death. Uh, yeah, ways you can get in contact with the podcast. That is at HEF pod on Twitter X, however you want to refer to it as, uh, that is hey, uh, facebook.com slash HEF pod. Hey, I'm track Frankfurt on Instagram. Hey, I'm track Frankfurt on discord. And yeah, com. Thanks, everyone, for having a listen to this episode 277. We will be back, looking back at the Hessian Pokal, as Eintracht will hopefully trounce the Lilliesweinen from Darmstadt. So, until next time, folks, juice.
1: I think Bayern's not going to win the title. No.
2: No. No. Are you sure that's non-alcoholic?
3: Chalala, la, 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 la